Hi, everyone. We've introduced a new format to the podcast that we're calling our Summer Series. We're releasing four episodes in June, July, and August that will feature some of our best and most popular episodes since releasing this podcast in January. From business planning to marketing to supply chains, our Best of Summer Series continues now. Enjoy! Welcome to Start Your Sustainable Fashion Brand. I'm Shannon Lore, the founder and CEO of Factory 45, the online business school for sustainable fashion brands. Whether you're looking for business strategy, marketing tips, or a 10-minute pep talk, this is the podcast for fashion entrepreneurs who want to take action, pursue their passion, and make waves in the fashion industry. Let's get started. The other day I was watching my three-year-old play with his train set. One piece of track connected to another piece of track connected to another. And then, uh uh-oh, the last piece wouldn't fit. I watched as he struggled to fit the piece as it kept hitting up against the wall of the table as he got more and more frustrated. I can't do it, he held out red in the face. It doesn't work. And I started to think, how many times as an entrepreneur have I felt this? Why won't the web domain connect to the host? I changed the file size and the image still won't upload. Why won't the email form populate correctly? The difference is, I can't throw my computer across the room like maybe I could a wooden train track. One of the main messages you hear as a parent is the importance of building resilience in your kids. It's why you should resist doing things for them that they can do themselves or providing the easy way out. And honestly, entrepreneurship is very much the same. The very best entrepreneurs, the ones who are successful, are quite simply resilient. When something isn't working the way they want it to, they muster up all of their resourcefulness to find a solution. They don't take no for an answer. They don't give up. But they also know when to ask for help. Because honestly, that's what it takes. If you truly want to be an entrepreneur, then it virtually guarantees you will run into problems. In the beginning, it will probably be on a daily basis. But to reach any level of success, problems require problem solvers. There's no way around it. And here's where I think we may have gone wrong. For most of us, the first 18 years of our lives were spent developing an aversion to failing. We were taught that failure is bad, to avoid any form of failure at all costs, get the grades, excel at the sport, earn the lead role in the play. How many of us were told we weren't musically gifted because we didn't immediately pick up the recorder at the age of eight? How many of us were told Oh, your sister is the sporty one. You're more of the artistic type. When in reality, it would have benefited us to really struggle with learning how to play Mary Had a Little Lamb or trying out for the soccer team anyway and experiencing the disappointment of getting cut. How would those failures along the way prepare us for success down the road? Because what we all eventually realize is... To reach the levels of success that we strive for as adults, starting the business, launching the brand, scaling the company, it virtually requires us to be comfortable with failure, 
To achieve anything great, you must be willing to fail. So my question for you is, how can you build more resilience into the day-to-day creation of your business? That's all to say, how can you be the toddler who picks up the train track even after he throws it and tries again? After a decade of talking to entrepreneurs and people just starting their businesses, I've had a realization over the years about our collective fear of failure. What I realized is that generally speaking, it isn't the act of failing itself that's the most terrifying to us. It's the external connections we make to it. If we fail, we'll lose our dignity. If we fail, we'll lose our life savings. If we fail, we'll lose our home, right? These are extreme examples, but I know our thinking can often go to worst case scenario. I remember a conversation that was brought up by one of the entrepreneurs in Factory 45, my business school for fashion startups. She said, I'm looking for advice. Having just finished my master's degree, it may come as a surprise to some family and friends who don't know about my project yet that I'm going the entrepreneurship route. Anyone have tips on how to introduce a significant career change to family, friends, and even an employer? And this got me thinking about the pre-failure phase, the pre-failure phase. Before the fear of failure is even an option, first there is the fear of getting started. It's the fear of taking the plunge, of not knowing what's going to happen, of worrying what your family and friends are going to think. The greatest inhibitor to becoming an entrepreneur or pursuing a great idea or moving forward with your true life's work is never getting started in the first place. When we make it public and we declare our idea to the world, we simultaneously have to face the feeling of being seen. Being seen. Being seen means you open yourself to critics. You open yourself to the doubters. And you open yourself to vulnerability in a way you probably haven't before. Throw in the visibility of social media to the mix, and the stakes just feel a whole lot higher. Personally, I'm no stranger to critics. Uh, While the supporters in my life far outweigh the cynics, it doesn't make the occasional negativity sting any less. Um, I remember back in 2013, I wrote an expose about fast fashion for the Huffington Post, and then I made the mistake of reading the comments section. (laughs) I was called an asshole, a self-aggrandizing bitch, a piece of shit, and other equally flattering names. (laughs) And yes, this is why you should never, ever read the comments. But you wouldn't believe how long it took for me to be taken seriously in business. For my first five years of entrepreneurship, and yes, I started very young. I was only 24 when I started calling myself an entrepreneur. 
But for the first five years of entrepreneurship, I faced family and friends at Christmas parties, dinner parties, happy hours, wondering and asking when I was going to get a real job. So (laughs) if you stay in the game long enough, you get a lot of practice at what I call the shoulder slide. That is not trademarked. You literally have to train yourself to let comments and negativity slide off your shoulders. And while an off-putting email or comment can still throw off my day at times, I'm, I'm not immune, I can tell you it does get easier. So if you're one of those people who is tinkering with a great idea, a new business, or an alternative career path, remember this. The critics, the doubters, the cynics only have power if you give them power. As hard as it may be, you can consciously accept that there will always be some degree of negativity coming at you, but you can also consciously choose how you react to it. Power is energy, and you're the only one who gets to decide where to put that energy. It can either be your demise or your strength. Here are a few other strategies to keep in your back pocket when negativity or criticism starts creeping in, either internally from yourself or from outsiders. First, stay close to those who support your dreams and let you talk about it obsessively, even though they may not understand what you're talking about. Speak from a place of vulnerability Don't predict the reaction you're going to get because it will come out in your tone. At the end of the day, your opinion is the only one that matters. It really is. At the end of the day, you are responsible for your life. You get to make these decisions. Nobody else does. Remember that the vast majority of Negative reactions are usually, this is really important, are usually from people that have never tried to make their own dreams a reality. That's a big one. It's easy to be critical of something you've never done yourself and will never attempt to do yourself. Walk into the conversation with the mindset that approval is not the goal, information is. You want those around you to be part of the vision to be in inquiry with you. So try to make it a two-way and engaging conversation. If you know me, then you know I'm a big fan of Dr. Brene Brown, who is a researcher on vulnerability and shame. Um, She has a few viral TED Talks, but she did another talk that's not as well known called Why Your Critics Aren't the Ones Who Count. It's a must-watch Even if you're the most confident person on the planet, make sure to watch it. I'll link to that video in the description below. The outside criticism and doubters are also why it's so important to surround yourself with like-minded people working towards a similar goal. This is why for my entire entrepreneurial career, I've been in group business programs or worked with a coach or a mentor The energy you get from other entrepreneurs in all different stages of business is what will keep you going in the long run. I can tell you that after 10 years of entrepreneurship, especially on the extra hard days. 
So tell me, have you ever had these thoughts? You see another brand on Instagram and you think, ugh, that's pretty much what I'm doing. Or she's selling the same thing I am. Or I just found out this person is also making the same product, so what's the point in me even trying? As someone who works with and mentors new entrepreneurs on a regular basis, I'm no stranger to panicked emails popping up in my inbox about the discovery of a competitor. She's so much farther along. They already have 3,000 followers on Instagram. They're using organic cotton and making it in the USA too, right? As soon as we discover potential competition, our cortisol levels shoot through the roof and we imagine the worst case scenario. Everyone is going to buy from them instead of me. So I might as well quit. And while yes, quitting is the easiest route to take in any situation, there are many more reasons to keep going. In Eric Reese's book, The Lean Startup, he says early stage entrepreneurs spend too much time worrying about their idea being stolen and not enough time telling as many people about it as possible. As a startup, Reese says you should focus on talking about your idea to anyone and everyone willing to listen. That's the only way to get early customer feedback, to hear what your potential customers actually want, and to find out if your idea is a viable business. There is a big difference between someone saying you have a great idea and actually getting out their wallet to pay for it. When early stage entrepreneurs worry too much about protecting their idea, Eric Reese calls this stealth mode. He says, quote, part of the special challenge of being a startup is the near impossibility of having your idea, company, or product be noticed by anyone, let alone a competitor. Makes sense, right? Stealing an idea is a lot different than stealing an idea and actually implementing it, especially an idea that hasn't proven to be successful yet. If you do reach a degree of success down the road, then competitors are bound to enter the market. People see something that works and they want to have a piece of it. This comes with the territory. The thing is, as hard as it may be to take it gracefully in the moment, competition is actually a good thing. It pushes us to continue innovating and prevents us from getting stagnant. So with all that said, here are some other things to consider the next time you're faced with copycats or competition that makes your stomach flip. Here's how to talk yourself off the ledge. Remember that an idea is just an idea. Everyone has them. What sets you apart is your ability to execute on that idea. 99% of ideas never see the light of day. So if you're able to get your product to market, then you're already that much farther ahead than everyone else. So much of entrepreneurship is simply a matter of keeping your head down and doing the work. It's not glamorous, but there's really no alternative. Second, the me versus them mentality is the fastest way to sabotage yourself. As soon as you start thinking the world is against you and the universe is set up for you to fail, then it's over. 
I've never met a successful entrepreneur who didn't operate with an abundance mentality. Repeat after me. There are enough customers for me and there are enough customers for them. Third, competition breeds creativity. Having competitors in the market forces you to innovate, think outside the box, and pushes you to do better than you would have done if you had a monopoly. While it may give you anxiety at first, you have the ability to reframe how it makes you feel. It can either deflate you or empower you, and you have the power to choose. Number four, competition shows you there is a need in the marketplace. Having other players in the game means there is a big enough pool of people who want what you're selling. The market share is there, and it's your job to find a way to take a piece of the pie. Number five, the great news about being in the clothing business and the fashion business is that unless you're selling to nudists, everyone needs it. Fashion is a $1.5 to $3 trillion industry. That's a lot of people buying clothing. And the average American buys 62 to 84 pieces of clothing a year. As fast fashion continues to really gross more people out and for them to opt out of fast fashion, you're there to provide an alternative, ethical, and sustainable option. How cool is that? And this. This is the best reason of all. Despite how many people are selling or plan to sell something similar to you, no one is ever going to do it in the same way you are. That's just a fact. There is no one else on the planet that is even remotely close to the same person as you, and thus the way you create is going to be different from everyone else. No matter how many new kids lines or women's wear lines or outerwear lines debut, they're all going to be unique to their creator. And that's why it's so important to know who your target customer is. It relieves you from having to sell to everyone so you can focus on selling to the special group of people it's made for. There's so much freedom in that. You don't have to appeal to everyone. You just have to appeal to your people. I've talked about competition a lot on the Factory 45 blog, in my live shows, and with my Factory 45 entrepreneurs. It's the topic that continues to come up because it's so much scarier when you're first starting out. Working with mostly women entrepreneurs has taught me how sensitive most of us are. We want perfection. We want everything to go right the first time, and we want to show everyone around us that we can do it. As soon as we hit a bump in the road, we tend to question our intentions. We say to ourselves, who was I to think I could pull this off? When really, who are you not to? Factory 45 is the community I created for fashion entrepreneurs who are looking for that camaraderie, mentorship, and support. If you're interested in launching your brand with us, you can book a consult call to explore the opportunity more. The link to set an appointment is in the description below. We'd love to chat.